This is Andre reporting from Movies, 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 HHHQ. If you haven't heard, we're running some very special Sydney Film Festival interviews with filmmakers over Zoom, of course, because yeah, Sydney Film Festival is back this year in person from November 3rd to 21st. Today, we're interviewing Clara Law. When I say we, I mean Jen. They caught up over Zoom to talk about her contribution to the Sydney Film Festival. She's got two films. One of them is Floating Life. And one of them is Drifting Petals. I know you're wondering, who's Clara Law? She's a filmmaker and Hong Kong second wave director. She's got two films in the festival. One of them's part of Flux, which is the experimental strand of the Sydney Film Festival. And that one is a DIY journal film spanning Macau, Hong Kong, and Australia. And it kind of has the quality of an impulsive video poem. That one is Drifting Petals. It's very us filmmaking, you have to ask. And she's also got a newly restored version of Floating Life, which came out in 1996 on show at the festival. That one is more of a dramatic immigrant adapting to Australia story that was actually, a little fun fact, first Australian, the first Australian film submitted for a Best Foreign Language Oscar. So here is Jen talking to Sydney Film Festival filmmaker Clara Law about her early film interests, Trigger Warning, one of them is Tarkovsky, her love of cinema, and her career. Okay, so my name is Clara, Clara Law. I'm a director of two films in the Sydney Film Festival. One is Floating Life, which is the one that I did oh, in 1995, and it's a digitally restored uh, new version of it. And then Drifting Petals, Drifting Petals, which is like, you know, our latest film, uh, which we did uh, only like DIY, but, you know, hopefully much bigger than a DIY. Uh, and it's going to be also in the Sydney Film Festival. I'm talking to Jen on Movie, Movie, Movies on FBI Radio. Spotlight. Clara, thank you so much for talking to me. It's such an honor. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Has anyone ever held you accountable for how cool you are? How cool? Yeah, you've been working across genres and films from a place that feels personal and experimental for your entire career. It's, it's, in a way, I'm lucky, I suppose. Yeah, and I've got a partner that's really supportive. You know, Eddie is there all the time. So you can, you don't, you never feel lonely. And like, you know, it's always a journey for both of us. And uh, we just keep going. Like, you know, there is actually no time to stop. It's like, um, you just keep going. Like, you know, it's, it's for us, it's like our life. We consider film as an art. And uh, what uh, we admire through the years, they're all like giant masters, like Tarkovsky or, you know, Ozu and um, uh, Antonioni and, and, and like all of those. And that's how we grew up watching those films and feeling so privileged uh, to be in that arena and uh, do the things that uh, can still be um, original and meaningful and relevant. Uh, and I think that's, 
probably you know what we share like all the time we never have any argument about that like you know this is us trying to do this films have kind of like become another thing like it becomes pure entertainment most of the time and that's hard like you know you just have to keep fighting that uh, and try to say no filmmaking can be another thing it doesn't just have to be social commentary it doesn't just have to be entertainment it can be other things it's like books you know it's, it's literature uh, it can be like you know a genre it can be anything but but it can be something else you know and that's what we have been trying to do all the time and and feel lucky that we can still do that and this film feels so liberating because it's resourceful and because you're embracing, you know, formats that I feel like people my age can engage with. Oh, I'm so glad you say all this. I am so glad because first, because we, we can't just stay uh, stagnant. We have to keep moving. And for a long time, I kind of like, because uh, film, like, you know, film as in negative has always been because I'm a very visual person, so I kind of like resist uh, 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 digital. And then it started when uh, I tried it on two films, you know, uh, no one film that um, like besides a uh, drifting pedals, uh, I did that in China on a, a, a digital. That's the first time I did it, and I thought, yeah, it's actually not so bad, you know. And, and so that was in 2014. And then we came back home. And then we, Eddie said, you know, why don't we just buy our own camera and do something? And that's 2016. And said, so, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Because my dream has always been like, I, I, I read all this book about Ingmar Bergman having his own editing studio and, you know, having his own projection, which we can't do. But we can now with technology, because uh, you can do everything online. There's a YouTube uni, you know, you can learn everything. People are so generous. You can find, you know, a, a tutorial somewhere if you want to learn something. So we started buying our own prosumer camera and we, you know, try the experiment and, and look at uh, the quality. It's actually not too bad. And then, you know, but we know that, you know, there are, you know, you have to trade off. And so when we worked on this one, we thought, okay, um, in a situation like this where, you know, Eddie is like the only one man band who would be, you know, uh, operating technolo technolo technologically. And so he can't be like having the camera and then having his, um, uh, um, uh, what's that called? The, um, the tracking, you know, where he's just doing this with his, um, uh, uh, two hands, you know, with the camera, and he can't be doing lighting at the same time. So what we did was that, okay, let's do it all at night. Because at night with all this low light, you can actually have some kind of like contrast, have some kind of like, you know, um, a mis uh, an illusion that uh, you actually have done some lighting, you know, you, you did it, uh, visually it will still be okay. So we did that. And but then the fact is, it's so small and, and there's no pressure of any kind because we're just a small crew. And, you know, we just pull, and I did, actually, in fact, in the beginning, I thought, 
I will be the director, but I, I will also be the sound recorders. So, you know, I have my own sound recorders and I will do this and he would do a camera and I would, you know, just do everything. Then it was a failure in the beginning. I did my first scene here in Mildura, uh, Great Walls of China, Walls of China. Uh, with our actor and you know I said okay roll camera and started talking and then, oh finished okay let's go back and listen no I haven't switched on the sound recorders <laughs> so okay I kind of said no I can't be two things at the same time so we did get someone to do the sound recording uh, in Hong Kong but you know it's like Okay, you have your small little camera, you can have your small crew and you can just go anywhere and do things and, and just like doing a student film and that was so liberating it's like you know going back to school and doing all these things, uh, but with all your experience so you know you can handle it like that so that's great. And then coming back home and then with all of those things that we have to start editing. And that was in 2017. And uh, we've tried and, you know, set up our own home studio. So we've got our, our own uh, editing um, suite uh, and um, Eddie downloaded all that app that so we can do all of our uh, resolve and, and all of those grading, which is all professional. Uh, and then he said, we can do our own DCP, like DCP so that we can go to the cinema and put that into the cinema. And we did all that in our own home studio. I mean, isn't that wonderful? Like, yeah, we can do that. And that was 2018. We finished everything. And I look at it. I think, you know, it's not there yet. So we just put it aside. And we just launched ourselves into another project. You know, we started writing a script, you know, for another thing that uh, is going to come up soon. Uh, and then, uh, then in 2019, when we were locked down, okay, locked down, right? We can't travel anywhere nowhere to go so we went back into our own home studio and look at the film and the first time i look at it again it's like you know first time looking watching the film from a from a brick distance like you know really away from it for long, such a long time such a great thing because then you look at it okay we can start going back and do something with it and so we spend a whole year doing that i don't want to make this about me at all but i have such a similar experience and it's like so rewarding talking to you right now because we just made a film ourselves in the same right. way with just me and my partner, we run the show together and we've had so much time because of lockdown and to look at it with fresh eyes and keep changing it. And yes. I guess I wanted to ask, how do you know when it's finished? Well, when you've got really tired of it, when you don't want to look at it anymore. <laughs> I, think, you know, I think it's like stages. It's like writing a script, right? You can do 20 drafts, you can do 40 drafts, but it does come to a point and, and you can do it like in stages. So, you know, you do it in three months and then you go away, you, you read books and you, read, you you see films and you do all of the other things. You come back to it and then you look at it and say, okay, there's actually something that we can still work on. So you go back, you launch yourself back into it and then you go and do it. And then after three months, you say, okay, let's look at it, that's it. And then it comes a time when you think, okay, that's really it, don't, Go back to it anymore. You have to stop. You have to control yourself and stop, right? Because you can't keep going because you have to do something else because you just can't. It's like, you know, if you continue and go back and back and back, you're wasting your time because you're not giving anything new. You can't see anything new. You can't put anything more into it. When you see that you can't do anything more, then that's when you can stop. Maybe 10 years later, you can. But 10 years later is 10 years later, right? The present is present. 
what you have to do with the present is that okay you do it now you can do something you spend your time this is the time because this is time is such a moving thing right you can't stop you have to keep going 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 you can't stop right stop time don't go anywhere you can't do that so once you find that that's it you can't go do it anymore that's when you have to stop I was listening to this profile on Laurie Anderson today and she spoke about having five questions for her work to know if it's good and they are is it complicated enough is it simple enough is it crazy enough is it beautiful enough is it stupid enough do you have any rules for your work no 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 rules rules. but yeah but I mean the only thing is I suppose is it is it honest enough is it true enough is it like uh, you have done what you can you have tried to present it like you know not just from one perspective like you have looked at it thoroughly you can give all this ambiguity so that the audience can go on that journey with you because you're bringing your audience with you and you start this journey together and you hope that they will be part of your journey and that they will be engaged and that they will find something there that actually moves them. I think that probably for me is important that they are moved. And then maybe it open up a little bit of the heart that has been closed or that they are not aware of. That it actually then wake up some part that's always there, but you know, through you know, working too hard on, on your daily necessity or whatever. And then it's just you can't, you, you don't have time to listen to that anymore. And then through that two hours in the cinema or, you know, just at home watching a virtual cinema, you kind of think, okay, yeah, I actually can feel it. And there's that thing that uh, that awakens something in you. And that's what I hope for, for every audience out there when they watch our films, that it is their journey. You know, we try to give it, you know, present it to them, like present it to them and they become part of the journey. And then in the journey, they find something that is relevant, that is beautiful, that is honest, that is true. And I suppose that's probably it, you know, not, not, not rules, but also I think there is one thing that we always want to do is that, have someone already done that? If someone has already done that and done it well, why do I have to do it again? So it's like, you know, I want to be able to find something else, you know, maybe, how to tell that story in a different way so that people do think that oh this is something i haven't thought of before and then that will be nice isn't it it's like you know for me when i read a book i just recently revisited dr yeski and i read his book and i look at a read and read a crime and punishment and say, oh this guy is just crazy he's crazy <laughs> he's so passionate he's so intense and you and his intensity is passes passes this intensity to you and you just can't stop you have to go with him like every night when i go to bed and read it and i just can't put down his book because and then you know and then eddie and i will have a great you know uh discussion and then we go to bed and we sleep and then then the other day you just go back to this to the book and then after reading that finishing that and i said look to book let, let me look at stalker tarkovsky film stalker in a different light it actually helped me see something else that I haven't seen before. And that's wonderful. And I think life can be so wonderful that way, like because it's so enriching and it makes you feel, oh, this is so beautiful. I mean, this is 
it's like everything I discover something new, even if I go back to the old film and then, you know, I find something new. And I mean, how, how wonderful is that? Like listening to, to a piece of music, like listening to Rachmaninoff and you, you listen and you listen again and you listen and then you think, oh, this space is just absolutely, absolutely. Like this is a genius. Why, why can he think of it like that? Why can he make something so beautiful? Why can Beethoven make something so beautiful? It's like, this is, this is so beautiful life, you know? And so there's no time to winch, you know? It's because there's so much out there that we have to, to grab and, and enjoy and, and be part of, you know? And it's limitless. It's like so, so um, like all that resources inside you can be brought up all the time and it's limitless. And then freedom is limitless like that, but it's not like freedom without responsibility. It's freedom with all these wonderful things that, that you can go and explore with other people. I had such a beautiful experience yesterday watching Floating Life for the first time. I've wanted to watch it for so many years since I saw Margaret and David's review and I found it really, really difficult to track down, even though it seems to me to be like an iconic masterpiece of Australian cinema, maybe my favourite Australian film of all time, but I also just watched it yesterday, but I love it. And it feels like it precedes so many other films. It precedes, it precedes Yorgos Lanthimos's Greek Weird Wave, it feels. Um, and the ending, which I don't want to ruin here, just feels so poised for our, our moment. I feel like we're all um, being at the moment. And right. I just wanted to know, like, what journey have you gone on with it since making it? And how does it feel watching the restoration that's coming to Sydney? I Film actually Festival haven't watched the restoration. I'm going to wait till I go to the cinema in Sydney to watch the restoration because I want to be in the cinema to watch it. I've got the visual here, but I, I, and I have, you know, I peeped at it and I thought, oh, because when, when Dion did the restoration in Sydney, we couldn't go there. I, I couldn't go there. So, you know, I, 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 he knows what I want. So, you know, I'm, I trust him that he would do it. And so when I peep at it now and I say, oh, Dion, you must have a great time. You know, you have a great time without me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, because it's so nice, you know, what we had tried to do, you know, it was all there. And I think what I found when I watched a little bit of mom, which you just said, I was like, oh, this is really, really so, like, so touching my heart like you know I, I I could just listen to and watch a little bit and I could start crying because it was so as you said so poignant and so so real so honest and so true and the rhythm and the flow it was all there and because it was all there it just made me feel well it was also worth it you know when you could make a film like that and and I think you know this thing is now happening to me now I'm getting old, I think, because like Otto Moon that I made in 1992 and finished in 93. Now I'm told that in the Hong Kong Film Archive, it is the most watched film. You know, people would go there and they watch. When it first came out, maybe it's a little bit ahead of its time. So, you know, people were not so aware of it. But now it's like people do watch it. And it's, I think it's the same with Floating Life. I think it will start its journey again. A few years ago, it was shown in the Melbourne Film Festival uh, in one of the uh, uh, section on Australian cinema, on women uh, filmmakers. 
and we were in the Q and A afterwards, and there was like audience that came up to me that said, and and he or she could be from Singapore or from, uh, but they were like really young generation and and like in the twenties or something, and they were saying that this is like my story, this is like my family, and when it was first shown in uh, 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 1996. That was when it traveled the world and I was like with it, uh, like in New York or in uh, Toronto or whatever. And people like, you know, a Scottish or uh, 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 maybe some American, like, but, but maybe he's a black or, or maybe someone that is uh, like, you know, from Middle East. They, they all said, this is like my story. And I think that is what I would love it to do is like, and this is like the story of each and every family that have to go through that feeling of being uprooted and finding uh, your orientation like in, in a new place and whether you can really fit into it. And that journey, which is actually more internal for me than external because once you are put in a crisis, I think you have to go back to yourself and find yourself and see how you can find your inner strength to be part of this new environment or this new place with these new people and is there out there and it, you are you and they are they and that how to find that connection and I think if floating life is doing anything I think it is calling up in a lot of people from different parts of the world that actually have been through that experience you know and finding your own home because you, you know actually all of us is just trying to find a home like, you know, it doesn't actually even have to be immigration or emigration. It actually, we're just thrown into this world. We are just thrown into it and we're just all finding our way to navigate through it. So we are like, you know, we can all feel alienated. We can all feel lonely. We can all feel we are not part of anything. And so the journey of just traveling to a new country is one of those, but it can be different kind of situation. It doesn't have to be just, you know, immigration. It can be anything. And because it can be anything, so it can be anyone's story or their family's story. What was it like thinking about home in relation to Hong Kong and shooting there recently? Oh, it's like I have to say goodbye to Hong Kong. It's like, you know, when, when we finished shooting, we didn't think that it would be what uh, the Hong Kong citizens have gone through in the last, what, 15, 2015, 2019 and 2020. I think they were like the most um, chaotic and upheaval in all of those things. And I think Hong Kong, my, you know, all my friends in Hong Kong and all my all the people that I share the same values in Hong Kong. I think they are going through, they have gone through a very hard time and that there is still a very, you know, difficult road to travel, but it is part of the journey too. And I take my head now off to them. I am really, I respect them. I respect what they have done. Uh, and, um, and I just feel that maybe this is part of history. And if we have to go through that, that is just part of history. So we'll just have to accept that and keep fighting 
and keep um, uh, um, not giving up and, and just keep um, believing that um, each and every one of us are entitled to live freely and, uh, and be respected, that your, what you want to do should be respected and what you uh, think that you should have as a citizen, um, all that right that we kind of like take for granted here, uh, that everyone should be able to, to be able to get to that. So it will be a long, hard struggle. And for me, as I said uh, in the film, it's like, you know, it's now in my memories, the place where I've, um, I mean, I've got two homes before, one in Macau, one in Hong Kong, and now my, the, my third home is here. But then at the same time, I don't feel like it is the physical place that constrains you. Like, you know, you actually can find your home when you know what you're looking for. So the home is a place where you can find that you can share. And there's always things that you can share with anyone around you because humanity share the same thing. Ultimately, we all share the same thing. We all long for love, for peace, for harmony. I think we all long for that. We want to live, I think every one of us actually want to love and want to give. And maybe sometimes we can't. And sometimes we may not be in that place. But I think in the depth of our heart and our soul, that is what we feel is the ultimate goal. I think every one of us has that uh, ability and that intention to do that. Somehow along the way, maybe we can be in a very hard place at times, but that doesn't mean that we should give up. So I just think that, um, yeah, at this stage in my life, my focus is now here. I uh, look at my niece and nephew growing up, all my brothers, and you know, though I, we don't have children, but all my brothers, uh, three of them, they are, between the three of them, we have, I've now got five, one niece and four nephews here in Australia, and they are Aussie than Aussies. They are really like, you know, soccer and all of that. And they really have, they, they are really rooted here. And I enjoy talking to them. I enjoy watching them growing up. And for me, having been here for over 20 years now and seeing now the next generation, you know, calling this place home, for me now my focus is here. I want to be able to uh, find the experience for everyone to share. Uh, and, and that is actually my next, our next project. That's where we are going. Uh, we've done, finished this uh, script out after maybe 40 or 50 drafts, uh, worked on it for like, you know, two, three years now actually, and, and now it's done. Uh, and I can't wait to, you know, film it uh, as soon as I, as, as the financing is ready. Um, and it is more, maybe a bit more complicated in the fact that these intergenerational, um, things that uh, Asians are going through here, uh, but uh, it's going to be some experience that everyone can share. 
uh, and I look forward to doing that and more of that. I mean, even like with drifting paddles, Eddie and I, we're thinking of, you know, this is like a, uh, a series. This is the, like only the first one, drifting paddles, and there will be two and one and two and three and four. Uh, and while we're doing this, you know, the bigger ones will do this nano uh, projects too. So we've got this, uh, we always say we're walking on two legs, so we'll be doing both and, and there's just, too much to do there's not enough time that's that's what it is and just before um uh i say goodbye to you i just wanted to ask you real, really quickly because bridget i can deliver the graduation speech at when I, I graduated from the australian film television radio school and she's been yeah. such an inspiring force and we always make an effort to go and see as many films in flux as we possibly can because uh, yeah. we always find them to be the most stimulating surprising films of the whole festival um, yeah. But you've worked with her for so long now. What's your relationship and how would you describe Bridget's impact? Uh, I actually haven't been following Bridget. I mean, I think we kind of hooked up again uh, because Floating Life is now, you know, coming to, uh, to, 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 to Sydney. But I, I, am, I respect, I, I'm really, I have, I've told her, I'm so glad that she has started this, The Flux. Because I think, you know, cinema... Um, art and film together should be what it is. I mean, film should be art, actually. Film should not just be entertainment or what they call movies only. It should be also art. First and foremost for me is an art. So when she put this film plus art together, I mean, there is like she creates this space where there's this you know, uh, quirky maybe, or odd kind of films that have no place to go to maybe because the mainstream cinema or, or, or film festival out there is not doing this. And when she can start, when she initiated this and started this, I think it is a wonderful thing. And I said to her, you know, you should, we, we should have more of this in other parts of the world. And, but she said, you know, that they do have it now in New York Film Festival. So maybe there is, I haven't been following because I probably have been, you know, in my, bunker and trying you know just to work and so now that uh, maybe the lockdown is over and then we can now start traveling maybe I can find out more about film festivals in other parts of the world because she did say that there there are this also in the New York Film Festival but I think it is really really relevant and important and significant. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.